Welcome to Fulfilled and Fabulous Over 40, a podcast where we discuss and interview guests about mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Learn what it means to keep growing personally with a God-centered outlook on life's opportunities and challenges after 40. Now, here are your hosts, Life Coach Norma Simons and Carrie Alamirsch. We're talking about well-being today. It's part of our overall well-being. It supports all other areas of well-being. And it also, if we get this to a place where we're well emotionally, then it improves all other aspects of our lives even. So I'm thinking of things like relationships or how we show up in our businesses or careers, even the the goals that we set for ourselves and how we go after them or not, and what we do and what we actually don't do in life. So we want to explore today what emotional well-being is where our emotions come from and how to get to a place where we are where we are emotionally well and this all pertains to life coaching and a conversation around life coaching so that's what we will be um, discussing today and i'm excited for this episode so welcome everybody and also welcome kerry it's so great to see you again hi thanks norma hi everyone it's great to be here so let's just kick off by defining what is emotional well-being. So how I see it is that the way that we experience our emotions and what we do with it. So do we resist it? Do we react to it? Do we avoid it? And then also ultimately how that those emotions actually play out in our lives. So when we get angry or frustrated, what do we do with it? Do we ignore it, to avoid it? And then ultimately, do we decide, okay, I'm not going to finish this task that I was busy with because I'm frustrated, or am I going to go to the fridge and eat something just to feel better? So that's what I'm referring to when I'm talking about how it plays out in our lives. So maybe, Kerry, maybe you can add to that. What is your definition of being emotionally well? So emotional well-being comes from a place, first of all, of understanding what our emotions are, even acknowledging that they are, that we're experiencing emotions, being able to identify the emotion instead of just trying to shove it away and, and push it down and resist that emotion. I think that's probably foundational in emotional well-being, being aware that these emotions are at play in our lives and that they're actually very useful to us rather than something to be um, denied or, or what have you. So I think in my life, anyway, emotions have always kind of gotten a bad rap. So if, if I was feeling one way or another, anything other than what was happy or acceptable, <laughs> then would be considered a bad emotion. And then we should lock it down or, or try to ignore it or push it away. And so I think emotional wellness is not possible really in that case when we're really truly denying the emotion that we're feeling, but rather being able to look at it, accept that it's there, and then deciding how you're going to respond to that emotion. So for me, just noting that I'm not 
out of control when I feel an, an emotion. I still have a choice as to whether I act out in a certain way or not. I can choose that piece. And so I think that's really where the emotional well-being, in my mind, that's what's really important about, you know, the well-being of of a human and, and understanding their own emotions. Kerry, you touched on something so interesting. You spoke about bad emotions. And I think if we are emotionally well, then we will accept all emotions. So even those ones that we label uh, bad or good. And I think there is no such thing as bad or good emotions. We were given this whole buffet of emotions. And I think if we... If we don't experience them, if we label them as good and bad, then we only are going to sort of invite the ones that we like feeling. But those that we don't like feeling is also so necessary. Think of an emotion like courage, for instance, or commitment or determination. That doesn't always feel good. It sometimes feel a bit, if I think for myself, it sometimes feels it's like in your chest and it feels like maybe your heart's a bit racing a little bit, but it's also necessary to get to where we want to be in life. So maybe can you touch a little bit on like good and bad emotions and how we label them and how that can actually make us avoid certain emotions and go after other emotions that we think is good and then we're missing out on that part of life. Yeah, I I love that you asked that question. I think that we have traditionally been taught certain thoughts about our emotions that maybe are inaccurate or or even are untrue in that we feel that it is is wrong to be angry. And I would suggest that being angry is like you said, one of these emotions that are part of the many emotions that we've been given. And we have a choice what we do with our anger. And so we don't want to act out from that emotion of anger. But the fact that it comes up and we sense it in our bodies is actually a really good indicator to us about what's happening in our mind at the time, what's happening in our brain. And so it it helps us to say, oh, I'm feeling really angry. I wonder where, what is that pointing to? What was the thought that created this, this emotion for me? And we always have a choice about how we respond to our emotions and that our emotions, I believe part of emotional wellness is not allowing our emotions to run our lives, but instead to be a help to us, a tool for us to understand more deeply what we're thinking. And I'd even like to go back to what we're thinking. We often think comes from something, a circumstance in our life. But truly, again, the thought is a choice, right? The thinking about a circumstance creates an emotion for us. And so if we understand this sort of, I'm going to call it a chain of events, circumstance, we have a thought, then we have a feeling. If we can understand that, then we can choose that next line or that next part of this chain would be the actions that we take from this place. And so emotional wellness, I think, is a part of understanding all of that and allowing 
the emotion, not acting out on it in a way that's, you know, that maybe would be inappropriate, but rather just allowing it to be there. And I think you're going to, we're probably going to get into this idea of processing emotions. And part of that is just allowing it to be there. What we've been taught is that it's wrong to be angry or mad, or it's been, it's wrong to whatever the emotion is, feel sad. And so we try to push it down and ignore it. And we tell ourselves, we have a thought that then is, I shouldn't feel this way, or it's bad to feel this way. And then there's shame, usually as an emotion that comes on top of, we're angry, and now we're ashamed, and we're just creating this really unhealthy emotional state for ourselves. So I think that's this very long way of <laughs> answering that question. Did you want to, did you want to touch up on that at all? Norma, does that? I also want to add to that there that when we talk about positive and negative emotions, those are not necessarily positive or negative. It just means the positive ones are normally the ones that we like feeling like the happy or elated or excited or encouraged or inspired versus the negative ones that we don't like feeling. So those are the ones that is like the courage I mentioned earlier or the frustration or the commitment, those type of emotions. So we use emotions and, and feelings. We'll be using interchangeably during this conversation. So Kerry, how will your process look like if you say to someone to process emotions, not to put them down or avoid or resist, but to process it? And one of the things that's really important about our emotions and once we're starting to notice them and identify them and even experience them as maybe positive and negative uh, for ourselves is to allow that emotion to be there without trying to, to deny that we're actually experiencing it. So I think this becomes part of the process of, of allowing and processing the emotion Otherwise, we are really rejecting a part of ourselves and saying it either doesn't exist or it shouldn't be there. And, and that creates a bit of a, of a problem for us in our, in our mind, right? Psychologically, we're all of a sudden now wrestling with ourselves about the reality of what we're actually feeling. And so instead, if we would allow the emotion to be there and say, I see you, there <laughs> right anger or frustration i can i can recognize that that that's how this feels in my body there's a, actually a vibration that's happening here and i know this i'm familiar with it it's okay i don't have to fight it i can just let it be there i think that is when we can start doing things from a place of courage like you said with that emotion we recognize it it's familiar and we actually use it and we know I feel this way because I'm doing something new and something that requires bravery or something like that, a new a technique or something. And so there's then there's this kind of this agreement that happens between our body and our mind and our emotions where we're willing to keep moving forward, even though that feeling is there, we re recognize it as it, it's okay, right? 
I want to touch on what you said about the vibration. And a lot of times people have this opinion that they don't have control over their emotions. I was in the salon the other day and this one lady was saying to the other one that her mother-in-law came to visit and she didn't exactly repeat the conversation, but she said she knows that she aggravates me when she says that. And it's almost like she is saying that it's a given when her mother-in-law talks about this certain thing that it aggravates her. And I was just thinking to myself that if we only knew how much power we actually have in that situation, that what the other person says doesn't have to necessarily aggravate us. And that that aggravation actually starts in our mind, as you refer to, because we think a thought and then that creates a feeling for us. So if that if she can maybe become aware of what she's thinking in that moment, then she would be able to go and investigate and be curious about what she was thinking, which caused that aggravation. And it wasn't necessarily her mother-in-law because that person, it could have been uh, for that matter, her friend or her husband or her kids. If she was in that place where she wanted to feel aggravated, any circumstance or any person could have given her that aggravation. But now she's it's almost like connecting that aggravation with her, her mother-in-law. So I think it's so important for us to know that emotions is something caused or we have a thought and then that creates an emotion for us. Whereas when there's sensations where we cold it happens in our body first, and then that message travels to our mind. And the reason I was telling you this long-winded story is that we have control over our emotions. And it's because of the sensation and this vibrations that we actually can see the difference. Because when it's cold outside, I don't have control over the fact that I'm maybe cold. But if I get aggravated, I do have control about what I think about it. And because of what I think, it it actually then creates this aggravation for me. So becoming aware of those things, what I'm thinking in any situation, can always give us so much insight into our emotions. And I like that. And I think thinking about the emotion as something that we can allow to be there rather than fight with, that we can say, yeah, I'm feeling aggravated. <laughs> and I can still choose my words carefully. I can even express that I'm aggravated if I want to. But what's really more important than any of that is that we don't tell ourselves the story about how you're evil or bad because you're feeling aggravated. Aggravated isn't something that just came upon you when your mother-in-law came in the room, right? <laughs> that is something mm -hmm. that we have created with our mind. And so the important thing I think about processing these emotions is this idea of, of, of knowing that and, and knowing that I created this emotion. And I, this is, this is sort of like an emotional maturity that we want to, at least I want to continue to, to grow in and understand more deeply any emotion that I'm feeling during the day is something that I can just be interested in, investigate a little bit about what's creating that for me and not try to run away from it or bury it somehow or shame myself into thinking something different so that I feel something different. 
shame, shaming myself and telling myself I shouldn't be having this emotion or I shouldn't be aggravated right now isn't going to help the feeling of aggravation at all. And instead, maybe noticing it, allowing it to be there and just noticing it's there. I'm aggravated. So what? I had a thought. It's <laughs> it's making me feel angry or frustrated. And that's okay. That you can you can feel it and not have it make you do something, right? I think that's what we think. We think the emotion makes us take certain actions. And then that, that's the piece where we're out of control. And we're, you know, we're giving a lot of, of our our control away when we say that the emotion came on us, we couldn't help it. It was just something that happened or that now I acted out a certain way because of the emotion. I had no control. I think we're really robbing ourselves of an opportunity for growth and maturity. Yes. And uh, I think if we look at our goals as well, a lot of times when, for instance, growing a business or setting big goals for ourselves, it takes us to feel all those uncomfortable emotions. And if we are going to keep avoiding certain emotions, then we are going to, we're actually going to stop taking action towards things we really want in our lives. Because if we want to become a better spouse or a better friend, or we want to start building a business, or we set really big goals for ourselves, it is inevitable for us to, to feel um, at, at times, maybe frustration or feel feelings like failure or feel we didn't make the mark or we feel maybe unmotivated or we feel discouraged or we feel disappointed or we feel humiliated at times. So if we are going to avoid and resist all of those emotions, then we are going to keep ourselves from working towards our goals. And I think I want to make it so clear that a lot of times people don't want to talk about emotions because they think it's woo-woo and it's only for people that is in touch with their feelings. But I think it's something that we all can use and it can be such a benefit in our lives if we become aware of our emotions because our emotions at the end of the day dictates what we do next. And if we set big goals for ourselves and we at, let's say, any given point feel disappointment or discouragement, that is going to keep us from taking action. So instead of stopping ourselves from taking action, why not process it and deal with the emotion, see where it comes from, and then decide on purpose, what do we what do we want to feel to get us closer to our goals? Okay, I was disappointed right now, but what can I do to get closer to my goal? I want to feel commitment. I want to feel confidence or certainty or whatever it is. And then because we know we can control our emotions, because of what I said earlier, our emotions are created by our thinking, then we are in a position to change the story we tell ourselves so that we can feel a different emotion like inspired or motivated or committed. And then we can actually move forward. Yeah, the idea that our thoughts are optional is such a fantastic thought for me. I think relating to what you've just said here now is that you were saying that we could choose another thought or we could look at what, how I want to feel a certain feeling. What would I need to be thinking in order to feel that? And I just love this idea of, I mean, talk about, first of all, recognizing and understanding where these emotions are coming from. 
and so contributing to our emotional well well-being but now actually using that as a tool in our lives to say okay well if this is true then how can i use my thoughts to create an emotion that i actually know will help me move forward and so I love that the reverse engineer really of, of the situation in our lives and start seeing that you can create a life for yourself that you absolutely love and you're not victim to the circumstances. You are not victim to even the emotions because now you are, you are recognizing, you know, how this works and then being able to use it in a way that helps you to serve others that helps you to choose a mature response and thought over one that is more reactional and and felt so out of control before I just love that aspect of that's probably what sold me <laughs> on on my own you know life coaching and and that the whole thing is just beautiful and I think it's not even to say that we have to be so positive all the time. I think also recognizing that our thoughts can sometimes maybe not move us forward. But I think that awareness is so key because we get curious about our thinking. And if I have a thought like, I'm not a person that can do things like this, is a thought that comes up quite often that I hear those thoughts aren't isn't necessarily something that we can just change in an instant. We could just get curious about it and sort of like start digging deeper and asking why and why and why until we get to the bottom of those, of those, of that thinking. And then we can actually get to the truth of it because like very surface level, it sounds to me like I'm a person that can't do that. But if I dig a little bit deeper, it might be a belief that or something that I've heard someone say, and I just adopted that as my own belief, but it's not even true. So getting curious and having that awareness is so key and not just to change the thought into something positive, but really go and investigating and finding the truth and keep asking yourself those questions until you get to the bottom of the, the, the thought that actually doesn't create emotions that, that drive us forward. Yeah, I think so often in life coaching, we will encourage people to to do this work and to be looking for perhaps emotions that we generally think of as positive emotions as ways of motivating ourselves forward. And, and I love that idea. I think doing things from the perspective of or from the emotion of fun and adventure and all of those things, you know, curious, they're really they're really a, a what we call a positive way of pursuing our goals and, and creating outcomes for ourselves. But sometimes, just depending on who you are, sometimes a negative emotion is going to get you there too. You know, I think one often, the, the happier, more what we call positive ones can maybe get us there in a in a, a more rested or more relaxed sort of state or something that's maybe more enjoyable to our nervous system. <laughs> but I think sometimes even the negative emotions sitting there and and just being there in the background, I just let it sit back there. You know, he can just sit in the back seat and, and hang out there for a while because it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes, yeah, you might, it might come then that we are needing to use a little more what we would call willpower to create the result. And so that's why, you know, we would rather do it from the fun aspect or the curious aspect. But 
sometimes it just gets the job done, right? And and it whatever that is, it drives us forward. And so I would probably question that further in a coaching session about why we choose the negative over the positive emotion. But the the truth is, is that either one will get you there, probably it's just one you'll get there feeling a little, <laughs> a little more, I don't know, excited, maybe or, or rested less, less, you know, willpower and more, and more just the joy of doing the work. But I don't know, I think th there's been a really big push about the negative emotion, and that it's something to overcome and get rid of or deny, bury it, switch it, turn it, you know, turn it over and make it a happy thought and make it a happy emotion. But I wouldn't be too hard on myself if you were getting things done in your life. And it comes from a place of whatever that emotion is of obligation or or what have you, you can just see the outcome would be a little bit more and maybe enjoyed if it came from a, a place of a commitment. What is practical tips that you, you teach your clients in a coaching session that leads them to emotional well-being? I think the knowledge of how, where our emotions come from is is always the key and understanding that we can choose our thoughts is key and is just to show them to to teach this about where all of our emotions are coming from recognizing that there isn't something um, mysterious really about the emotion except of course identifying what was the thought that created it it doesn't the emotions don't come from outside of ourselves and are like forced upon us and so i think some people will say that you know they woke up in the in the morning and they just felt a certain way and i can promise you that there was a thought that came to your mind or that you're so used to replaying in your mind the minute you wake up that we just didn't notice the thought but the truth is emotions don't just fall on us and overtake us. They are created by us. And I think there, if there's anything that we could share with our listeners today, the power of recognizing that and understanding that we are choosing our emotions or we're experiencing our emotions based on our thoughts, I think is, is a game changer. I think that's what I would t tell somebody if they really wanted to know, you know, in certain terms what's what's happening and how they can begin to feel better emotionally is to notice that one truth yes and i just want to add to that that, that obviously we want to take responsibility for our feelings and we know based on what you just said that we create the way we feel and i think what what is quite helpful is that we can't control others or the world out there and we can can control the way that we feel because of our thinking. So instead of spending so much time looking outwards, looking what others are doing and what they're doing wrong and how we want things to change so we can feel better, I think spending that time and energy and intention rather on how can I change? How can I see this situation differently? And it's not a question of me needing to change for the world it's, I want to change so I can feel better. <laughs> We're not doing the work to make the world feel better. We do the work to make ourselves feel better. So I think that's just like my closing thoughts on, on emotional well-being and that we can also, and you've already mentioned it, the story we tell ourselves, it can either be this hurtful story or it can be a helpful story. So we hear anyway, we think anyway, why not 
choose the the story that helps us that's helpful and that drives us forward driving us to to reach our, all of our goals and have an intentional life and be fulfilled and have a satisfying life where we where we fulfill our purpose when we re- realize exactly what you're saying there when you when we realize this when we realize that our emotions are being created by our thoughts we also then know that that is true for other people as well and so when we do hear people saying things like you said the circumstance often we cannot change what people are saying or what they're doing and we can see what's happening but when we know that that what they're doing and what they're thinking and saying is coming from their own thoughts and their own emotions we can start to be more curious also about them even if they're incredibly frustrated or angry with us we don't have to feel anything that we don't want to feel about that but we can start to think about them and you know what I mean like I think you said it's for us and it's Mm -hmm. so that we feel better and you're right and and when we feel better we are then able to look outside of ourselves and see that we're safe you know we're safe and we're secure with ourselves with our emotions and our thoughts what is happening for this other person that they are feeling so angry or that they're feeling the way they are and that they're showing up the way they are, then we, we are now engaging in relationship from a very emotionally stable and mature place. Well, knowing and understanding where our emotions come from and being willing to recognize both the opportunity and the responsibility that I have to mature emotionally or to experience emotional well-being is very powerful in a person's life. I commend anybody who's willing to seek help to do so. If you are struggling with understanding this process or this method, or you want to to look into it further, I'm of course going to recommend to you that you find yourself a life coach, somebody who can work through these details with you. Speak to a counselor, perhaps, who you know would be able to, to discuss this further, or a mentor, maybe from a church, read some books, keep listening to the podcast, because Norma and I love to discuss these topics. And I think you're going to glean so much information from and be able to apply so much of what we're teaching here on the podcast. So for any of you who are willing to do the work and to look into this further, I I commend you for that. Often we're willing to receive help in so many other ways, both for physical health and wellness and and other ways, you know, we'll, we'll do things for the outside, but we don't really understand why we're feeling the way we do inside. And so I would encourage you that this is really the same sort of thing. Maybe if we would spend as much time or even half the time that we spend on worrying about our physical appearance on spending that, you know, thinking more about and working on what is helping us and what is hurting us in our own thought life and our emotions would be to our benefit and be a part of us really growing and maturing emotionally. We want to thank you for joining us this week, and we are grateful for for you for tuning in, and I trust that you'll have an amazing week. Goodbye, everyone. And that's a wrap for another empowering episode of A Fold and Fabulous Over 40. We hope you've enjoyed our candid conversations about navigating life over 40 and discovering what's next. It's never too late to chase your dreams and create the life you love. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with other ladies who are on this incredible journey with you. So until next time, keep asking what's next and let's continue to thrive together.